0: If you're listening to the car and you're on your way home, we'll be in turn your house. around because
1: <laughs> we're in your house. We're in your house. Where we discuss all things horror I'm your host Mike I'm Pat I'm Dylan I'm Jorge And guys, we're here today with a very special guest We are interviewing the director from Trench 11, Leo Sherman Hello Hello, Hello. Woo! Hey guys Hey <laughs> Welcome to the show, Leo <laughs> Welcome we
2: Hello Thank you It's going... Thank you very much for
1: having me Well, thank you for taking the time to come on our show We get we always get surprised when people are like, yeah, we'll come on your podcast Yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Uh, I should add this up already, but anyway, so trench eleven. For those of you who don't know, World War One style movie, horror movie, uh, takes place towards the end of the war, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember my history correct, with that time frame.
2: Yep. No, you're right. Yeah, it's
1: right at the end. Right at the end. Um, some five, a team of six go down, and oh boy, do they have a A story to tell if they make it it out
3: so much more than that (laughs) i mean mean,
1: you know the door was locked for a reason right yeah for real um so before we get anything into your movie leo the one thing we always ask on this show patrick take it away top five favorite horror
2: movies top five favorite horror movies you know my my thing is that it's like if you say top three Top five or top ten or top twenty, you always feel like you're leaving someone out. Yeah,
4: so it's, it's like so always true. the
2: worst. You know, right? Like it's like it, you could you could expand or contract, and you're still going to leave someone out. But <laughs> uh, this is my statement on that. Would not be. This is not what I think are the top five best horror movies. They're my favorites. Yeah, meaning you know these are the ones that I can watch over and over and over again so uh I would say that my top five are um well i guess chronologically um i might might get this one wrong at the very end there i would say psycho okay okay uh, Alpha i would say jaws great movie mm-hmm. yeah i would say jaws i would say the exorcist great movie Ooh. i would i would say alien okay. And, and I got to five now. That's four. That's I would four. say this, this is where it's bad. But yeah, this is the the toughest sort of. There's another one I want to say, but I'm going to say The Shining because at the end of the day, I you know, I own a Shining poster. <laughs> And I watch it all the time. I keep a copy it, you of you know. The Shining
3: in my trunk at all times, just in case <laughs> I'm somewhere and someone's like, "I haven't seen it." I'm like, "You have a spare three hours, <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> four if yeah, you yeah. want to do bonus features." Yeah, like, right? uh, That movie is unapologetically should be in everybody's top five, in my opinion, just because of I think all so. it did. No, I mean,
2: but I've, I've I've heard people argue though, and 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 I think somewhat fairly that it's not necessarily that scary i just find it so entertaining yeah you know what i mean like it's like the exorcist like the exorcist really scares me or to be honest like so the two that i didn't name on there were the thing and silence of the lambs Mm. of course and those movies actually really they, they actually arguably scare me more But I want to watch The Shining all the time. I always (laughs) want to watch The Shining. It's weird. It was
1: filmed beautifully. That soundtrack to it is fucking awesome.
3: So much of that movie was so groundbreaking directorial-wise and cinematography-wise, not to mention the score for the movie. I mean, they made a lot of the instruments to make those sounds. That opening score and opening shot for The Shining is one of the most unsettling and creepy openings to a movie that just gets you... Right smack in the mood for what you're about to watch. Yeah, I agree. It's
2: so fucking. I, I couldn't agree more. It's yeah. just the whole, just the opening credits and that helicopter shot of the of the VW Beetle. Oh. It's just like, what is going on? And then like, it's just... who made this and why? Like, what's <laughs> happening? It's so weird.
3: And then it's just a. Wide... Everything about it is so weird. And then okay. it's just a wide-eyed, terrified Shelley Duvall for like <laughs> like two and a half hours. <laughs> Oh God. Just being yelled at. <laughs> yeah, <don't> this, <laughs> this fucking true. Just berated. But I but
2: I do think there are so many other films that I find like I like personally I actually think like honestly I think the silence of Lamb scares me more. I think that I know the thing that I, I would argue that Halloween like there's so many movies that I find more actually frightening, but they're but the ones that I listed there are they just the movies that I can watch the most.
4: Yeah, and, right. And okay. I
2: have done. Yeah, and it's like you can be hungover on a rainy Sunday, oh, and just God. it's like you know I've seen it twenty eight times in the last. 10 years. Is it worth seeing again? Hit it. You know, you just go. Exactly.
3: And- you just painted the typical Sunday for me. Yeah. <laughs> a rainy homeover Sunday. It's like, like oh, watch The Shining again. <laughs> Throwing <Yeah>. up. <laughs> peach
1: rings in hand. Yeah, peach rings. <laughs> um, and I guess yeah. another quick, uh, question, because that's, that's a fucking fantastic list, and I'm going to go ahead and, on a limb here and say most of the movies you just mentioned are in some shape or way are on R. Top five. Yeah, I have, uh, an, I have
2: a Xenomorph tattoo. Yeah, Alien.
1: Um, <laughs> but more importantly, I mean, anyone,
2: anyone uh, just had a hold on anyone out a curiosity on that list that's not that you guys don't have on your list. Uh, no. I mean,
0: I know the Shining and Shining Alien? Alien. Alien is,
3: is, is definitely on, on the list. Yeah, I would say everything in your top five at least makes my top ten for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah those. Yeah, those are. Yeah. Or like, at
5: least rotates out because that list changes so often. When you like rewatch yeah. something, or you just like find something new, doesn't and, it? Like, I know, yeah,
2: right? That's the thing, it, it's honestly, never the same. It,
5: it's a never-ending question that'll be different tomorrow.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: I know. I totally agree. I totally agree.
1: <laughs> uh, so, Leo, what got you into filmmaking? Like, was there a movie that you watched? Uh, was it just something that you've always had a passion for? Like, what really got you into wanting to make a movie?
2: Um. I feel like it was maybe a two-step thing, and probably the first stage was just being uh, young, like really when I was very young, and just I'm definitely a a product of Spielberg, Um, and I guess George Lucas, you know, like I came of age through the 80s, and I just, you know, Star Wars, but really quite, like Star Wars and E.T. and Mm -hmm. Raiders and, and Jaws. Like Jaws was like, you know... And I, so I think that those things. But you know, when I think about that stuff, I think, yeah. But who the who the fuck wasn't really ultimately? If you're of a certain age, that that was the shit, right? Yeah, like that oh, exactly. What it was. Oh no. And, I, most and of I think are... the probably the yeah, like everybody. Even if you're not of that age, even if you're younger or older, yeah, we're talking about such an influential period for cinema. So I realize that it, it it sort of. I, I mean, my version of it is that it's that, but then it's that. Um, um, I, the first movie that I saw that I realized that I I, I thought directing was like a, I I kind of was more aware of what directing actually was was Goodfellas.
4: Nice, and that was
2: and I saw like the the, the year that came out I was uh, you know I remember seeing it. I, it was actually oddly enough it was Color of Money as well, but I didn't know that until I kind of I I, I reverse engineered that and that's uh-huh. like definitely not It's definitely not on everybody's list of Scorsese movies, but yeah. I, I still own the Blu-ray and I've seen it 50 times. And I, I watched it a lot when I was a kid, but I didn't know who he was then. I just knew I loved the movie. But then when I saw Goodfellas, that was the first time I went, well, hold on, who, like, who made that? And you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I it it had a different kind of, that was, I think when it just, that was, and then I, and then I, and then I back engineered certain things and kind of went, oh shit. Like, like six out of 10 movies that I love were directed by the same guy, Steven Spielberg. So yeah. You know? And so kind of, you kind of figure it out after, but it was, I, Goodfellas was more when I was, I was like, uh, you know, I think I was, I don't know what I was. I don't think I was 15 when I saw that movie for the first time. And I just was it's like, Oh my God, this thing is, <laughs> yeah, it just was like, I don't know. It, it, that was when it shifted from just loving movies to thinking, um, yeah, who, who did this and, and how, can I do that? Like, exactly. Yeah, say?
1: that's that's cool. Because I mean, like, none of us none of us here really are the directorial type. I don't think. I mean, I filmed my own short movie for a class. I want to be a director. And um, yeah. And uh, that's buried because you know it was for grade and it was it was pretty bad. And half the guys that were in this room were in that that short movie. <laughs> um, and it's it's a <laughs> lot of work, man. Like I I when I was like, oh man, you know, I know it's hard, but I mean, it can't be that bad. And boy. Was I in for a surprise when we showed up to that night to shoot and I was like on anxiety over the fucking roof <laughs> trying to figure out, like, oh my God, is this working? Is this going to look good? And yeah, I applaud you guys, man. That's crazy. It, it takes a lot of work and to really get into that film world and dive into that. Well, madness. it's also
0: trying to get a team of people that have the same vision as you. And exactly. Like and trying to get people on board.
1: See, that's the hardest
5: part is getting a team to help you out because, like, trust me, there are a lot of YouTube videos that I have on private because I am ashamed of them.
0: <laughs> I remember them. <laughs> oh. you
5: dark. Yeah, YouTube you know sequence. what? I think
2: that that's. I think that the uh, the spirit remains regardless. Oh, I, yeah. I, I was I was watching uh, uh, Scorsese actually did a valedictorian Victorian speech. You can get it on. You can see it find on YouTube um, for NYU a couple of years ago. It, I just found it really inspiring because he was still he was. You know, going on about the fact that he still has nightmares when he's prepping for a shoot, and <laughs> his nightmares involve him not knowing, not knowing how to direct. You know, yeah, it's like, and that's cool. Like, just, hearing, I'm not sure it ever, it never.
1: Sort of and that's cool hearing that from you know, it's Martin Scorsese. Come on, like he's he's one of the guys, and like he's you know talking to these people like you know, I still get scared totally. when I make a movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think if you hear that from like John totally. I think
2: the only I think the only guy who doesn't is James Cameron. I think he's like <laughs> He's confident. He's no, like, I'm gonna I, break I, a million. I, yeah. He's just like, no matter I got what.
3: this. Like, he's just like, look out. When you like, sleep like, on a California King full of cash, I'm pretty <laughs> sure sleeping at night's a little easier. <laughs> you know, when you got Avatar money just lining the walls of your house, so you yes. can probably be like, well, I can sleep a little bit easier. No, I know what I'm doing. Uh, Titanic, yeah. remember that? Like, <laughs> well, of course you do, because you can't forget it. Well, everyone cool, saw it. Cool. Cool.
2: Who else has beat their own record? Right, like Titanic is the most successful movie, yeah. and he beat his own record. Like it's mental. Yeah, that's that's it's like totally
3: That's like oh, James Cameron's in the lead, and who's this? Also James Cameron <laughs> surpassing <laughs> him to make <laughs> exactly, the lead. It's like, it's like that's like the that's like who does it's that? The, it's like it's like two
2: Camerons go over the finish line together. it's, yeah. Like, yeah. it's like the it's best weird. dream a I narcissist
3: know. could ever have. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Why
2: exactly. don't yeah. think he gets that's why I don't think he gets scared. He's just like, oh, I got this. It's I got
1: good. this. Like... Oh, but, uh, yeah.
5: going off your love for like Spielberg and, you know, you mentioned how Jaws is like in your top five. If you had the chance to, you know, re remake a horror
2: movie, which one would it be? And why? Interesting question. Um, I can tell you, I know what my answer is, but it's, it's a hypothetical answer. Okay. It, it, I don't think it would, I don't think it would ever happen. Um, you never it's know the vanishing. Ooh, there is in the vanishing. Yeah, that's a good. I I enjoy. So that why movie. it's so, well, why it's so weird is that there's the original vanishing, mm. which is Dutch. It was a a Dutch French movie uh, from I don't know 1982 or something like that, mm-hmm. maybe 83, um, and it's incredible. It's one of the scariest movies ever. There's actually no gore at all. It is psychologically the scariest fucking thing you will ever see. It's it's just terrifying. It's an incredible movie. I revisited it this year, and I was like, I appreciate it even more than I ever had. But the weird thing is that I would just want to remake it, and I would actually pursue remaking it, except for the, the same director already remade it oh, in yeah. the States.
4: Yeah.
2: With Jeff Bridges and Tanner Re- um Keeper Sutherland and Sandra Bullock, and it's terrible. It's the worst. It's con- like it, it's considered one of the worst remakes ever. It's the American it was the remake curse. The American remake curse with a yeah. happy ending, but but in this case, it was what's fucked up about it is that the American remake curse, especially of a Euro guy, is a real thing. Except yeah. that the same guy did it himself. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, like it's so kind how, of a head how did you
1: trick.
0: mess that you up? Just, he just ruined his own movie.
1: Yeah, that's
2: that's kind of. Yeah, he fucked his own movie up. He honestly did. And I'm not even joking. Like, the original is so good, and everybody in the world agrees. Like, if it had been a new movie now, it would have, like, a 95% on Metacritic. And it, it's just so good. And yet, the remake would be, like, a 20%. Like, everybody universally agrees that the remake is... So, that would be the most compelling challenge of the remake. Yeah. Because if you, if you could redo the original... The original, original, I don't know, man. You guys should check that movie out if you haven't seen it. Yeah. We'll, one have, we'll of do
1: an definitely episode. My favorite. It, it's a good. I've seen it in yeah. one of my classes, and it, it's a fantastic movie. Oh, have uh, you? Yeah. One of, I took a yeah. film class here at, at this college I go to, and the professor was had a very great taste in movies and played that for everyone. I was like, this is amazing.
0: I think it could be remade nowadays because yeah. it's not about the gore anymore.
1: It's true. It is and also, like, if we can forget about Spider-Man 3 – we can forget about the vanishing remake but we haven't forgotten about well, Spider-Man
2: well yeah <laughs> and it's funny it's, <laughs> it's funny you say that cuz i was with a producer lunch just the other day and i and we were somehow that came up oh, and Spider-Man he was 3? mentioning the fact that a no, no, he was saying how like a star is born. Yeah, uh, a star is born is on like its fifth remake, I think, or something crazy, yeah, right? Jesus. So I don't know, you know. And Scarface, there's another Scarface coming out, isn't there? So that'll be number Whoa, like, three or four,
0: isn't there? Another like uh... Isn't there,
2: I thought there was another one. There could be. Yeah, there's know. another one. There's 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 like a Latin, a Latin like um, I don't know if it's Mexican, but there's a an updated version that is. I, I believe so. That uh, I, mean, I might be going crazy, but yeah. I think it's true.
1: Okay, Google someone asked how many anyway. Scarface movies there are. <laughs>
3: yeah. I need to answer these questions.
1: How many are there? I mean, the good yeah. thing,
3: too, is that if you do remake Vanishing, the remake was so bad. This is a layup, my friend. Right? Yeah. That's true. That's you're going to look like the golden child. Well, that's kind of it, right? <laughs> and, and, and
2: God bless the filmmaker, George Sluzias, name. Just a fucking brilliant director, a, Dutch, a Dutchman. But, you know... Yeah, he fucked up his own remake, and I, not, you know, he can't read—he can't redo it now. No, he can't. It feels like you're right. Like, you know, I couldn't possibly fuck it up worse than he already did to his he, own exactly. movie. He's so Steve Jobs,
3: that, he Steve Jobs, he Steve Jobs' movie. He did the Apple II, and then he came out with something like, he, like the Newton or something like right after that. I know he didn't come out with that, but it's like one commercial success and then just some bullshit right after that. Same thing. Totally totally but on this podcast we really really love themes so all of <laughs> September uh we pretty much did a whole month dedicated to John Carpenter because we all love 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 John Carpenter um so I guess I'd have to Fuckin ask you I'd have to ask you man um what are some of your favorite movies of his and as a director what do you really appreciate about what he does with his movies
2: yeah I I um I've fucking love John Carpenter and I I probably my favorite Carpenter movies are I still think Assault on Precinct is just yeah. so fucking punk rock. It's so <laughs> punk rock. It's yeah, like sure the is. it's the room like it's total Ramones of, of a movie. Like uh in fact that the I don't know, everything about it is just hardcore. I love it. But my favorites are definitely really like the thing and Halloween. I mean, that's, those are not hard answers. To get, yeah, you know what course. I mean? Like, those are the classics. Um, obviously, Halloween's pretty hot right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. With the, you know, with the, with the new one coming out. But the thing is really, I mean, I think Halloween I saw first. And Halloween was definitely a movie that my dad let me see on Halloween, maybe a tiny bit too young. And it really, <laughs> really, really scared me. It really scared me. And I actually have rewatched it many times and I've come to realize, like, Especially the first person uh, perspective he takes, like the subjective first person POV. Yeah, um, it's really, it's totally action brilliant, um, to be honest. Because I don't think it was very common. I think a movie, uh, there was a movie, a British movie, a really good one called Peeping Tom that mm-hmm. Michael Powell made in the sixties. It ruined his career, but I know that <laughs> and No, it did. It literally, it literally was like considered so. It's about a serial killer. And he, and he films, he has like, in this case, it's like an old 16 mil Bolex, but he films his killings. And, and they're sexual. Like he's like, he's he's a nasty fucking killer. And uh, and Michael Powell, Michael, yeah, it's called Pete and Tom and Michael Mm -hmm. Powell had made these really kind of well-known more like Oscar bait style dramas. And then he went and made this movie and like they just ran him out of town. Like Britain just shut him down. And Coughlin, and Scorsese, actually Scorsese's editor, Thelma Schumacher, married him when he was an old man. But they 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 all considered Peeping Tom* to be one of the you know the great the great 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 movies. I only bring it up because uh, when I realized when I was watching *Halloween*, it's just like he's like that's the only other movie after Peeping Tom* that I noticed how much that first person POV. We're now much more used to that stuff, especially yeah. because of video games. But that yeah. was that was like really really unique when carpenter was even using it um you should
0: remake but, uh, it. but yeah I, it's just, you, <laughs> no i don't want to fuck the
2: carpenter no no, no remake get and get a uh, willem dafoe <laughs> oh peeping talk hey that's a fucking good idea
0: yes
4: <laughs>
1: good idea. patrick surprisingly
4: sometimes that's has really, a really good, good ideas idea. <laughs> <laughs>
2: probably probably like, that's a really good idea because that's a really good idea too, because you can at least update it because of the technology shift. Yeah, like you can at least s- offer a different you know, you can offer a different you can it's like a different um that's actually an awesome idea. Yeah, just you should them, edit this part, part out.
3: Just invite <laughs> us to the premiere, man. Just invite us to the premiere. That's all we care. Just invite us to the premiere, let's <laughs> hang out. That's all it's it. Got yeah, more junkies in the credits, it's all we'll just we'll
1: just be we'll just be one long beep for this whole part of the conversation. Yeah. Just, I just
2: want to meet <laughs> Willem Dafoe. <laughs> That's a fucking wicked idea actually, honestly. Dude. Oh yeah. Um it really is. So, that was a long way of saying but the truth is that the, sh- the thing is is definitely my favorite Carpenter movie and I think anybody who watches uh, my film Trench 11, uh it's obvious that that, you know, like I'm that I'm heavily influenced slash, oh, yeah. you know, Ripping from The thing for sure Oh yeah Like that's That movie is fucking It's epic Yeah And Not so many people do it anymore It's fucking incredible Yeah exactly Can you talk You know Talking about a remake It's it's so sad that the remake Of the thing was so lame I thought Oh yeah Yeah It was awful The prequel
0: Yeah And how Uh, I mean it was It was badly made Because of the CGI And stuff like that But it it does line up With the original movie Yeah Well if you watch the prequel And then watch the original thing it kind of answers some questions, but not. I mean, it's not good.
1: You, you yeah, could just read. You could just read John Campbell's short story exactly. if you want the answers. It's yeah. like forty pages. <laughs>
2: like if you want answers. Well, if you really want to get all. Yeah,
1: go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. You go. Ahead. I'm, I was done. Sorry.
2: I was just gonna say, but if you really want to get all fucked up and keep rolling the ball forward, I just the thing is a remake too, isn't it? From, it like is. Like how it is,
0: is, in yeah. the first one. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. It's like one of the yeah. few good ones.
3: Yeah. I, I would probably say it's the best remake ever. <laughs> ever. literally, yeah,
1: it, yeah. yeah
0: it, it is. I agree with but, that. But uh, for our listeners, that
3: yeah,
1: you think, me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I de- no, I. I for, when it comes to remakes, the thing is probably one of the best remakes out there, just because it takes. I uh, just I I lost my train of thought there, but it's it it's it's black and white fantastic (laughs) (laughs) for the original but the use of practical effects really sells the thing and I think that's what makes it more terrifying is the use of practical effects watching the doctor get his hands bitten off by an admin that's pretty fucking wild yeah and not to mention
4: the oh yeah
2: well I I, when I and when I was prepping my film when I was trying to you know think about how to actually make it I would say the thing was maybe that an alien just because of its the way the slow burn works, but really the thing was like when I when I reached out to my effects designer, uh his name is François dejeuner, And um that was literally that was my reference, was Rob work. You know, mm-hmm. I just said, hey, like is there any universe that we can play in the same sandbox as what Rob Bottin achieved for the thing? And 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 Francois definitely knew you know, like he knew exactly what I was talking about and keyed in on that. Because yeah, I think the thing is totally a masterpiece. I think yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, definitely. I think it's I think it's I think I think the fucking score, I think the effects, I think the mood. I'm mm-hmm. also Canadian. So yeah. the whole so the whole snow thing is just like <laughs> right up my alley, you know, like that whole opener, I'm like, yes. yeah, it, yeah. yeah they, they filmed I filmed it in British Columbia, you
3: know, Canada, like the, the snowfall capital did. of North America. Yeah, it's, uh, That's right.
2: Like, I think on a gla- on a glacier, I think, up there. But, yeah. yeah, yeah I, it's,
3: it was filmed. Yeah, the, the snow outside parts were filmed in Canada, and everything else was filmed on, like, six different lots in L.A.
1: Yeah. And it was, like. Oh, is that right? Yeah. All the, in- yeah. All the interiors? Yeah, the interiors mm-hmm. were filmed in, like, inside studio houses uh, in L.A., and they had the fucking, like, temperature cranked down yeah, to really like get, that degrees, cold, is, yeah. get that cold feeling in there. They oh, they did cool it down. Yeah, because they didn't have the budget. Yeah. I think the film, the interior is there, so they did it in uh, L.A. instead. It was cheaper.
3: Yeah, one thing I really love about like Trench 11 and the thing that I could really compare would be that the sense of paranoia when the shit really starts to hit the fan from start to finish. I mean, the thing, I rewatched it today for like the 900,000th time. And really, like, when they find out what the fuck's going on, it's nonstop paranoia. You can't trust anyone. And I found that in Trench 11, it's almost a little – it's the same level of isolation whether you're in an Antarctica or hundreds of feet below the ground in the middle of the Argonne Forest <laughs> where, no, where that, that, that freaky Englishman said people were coming, but we all knew no one was coming. <laughs> that tunneler knew exactly that, what was up. So, yeah, I feel like that really yeah. – The sense of paranoia was – Really, really palpable and just awesome.
2: Well, I really appreciate that. I mean, that was certainly um, by design. I, I, I really do worship that. The thing I now like, I'm completely regretting not including the thing in my top five because the truth is, the more I engage <laughs> and talk about it, I'm just like, it, it is like it's such. I just think it's, I just, everything about that movie, I really do think it's a masterpiece. Yeah. I, I, you know what's so fascinating too is that I, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys sound like you know more, but. I don't think it was that well-received when it came out. Right? It no. wasn't I mean, at all. I don't think it was. No. Uh, thanks um, to your buddy Spielberg. And I think it Yeah, was, thanks I, to
3: Spielberg, I, yeah. Yeah, it was kind <laughs> of E.T. Yeah, yeah really? No. Yeah. No. apparently no one wanted to watch an alien assimilate with other dogs and become <laughs> a horrific gore-fest yeah. beast monster. They wanted to see a little one, yeah. little alien hanging out with Drew Barrymore. Hey, yeah. hey, you but better also, be careful.
1: Jake is pissed off somewhere right
3: now.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> the thing is, too, is like, you it, know what, it came though? out this summer.
2: Ew. But who, yeah, like that's. What I always wonder about those theories because I have to say, like, I, I, I get that, but it feels really just like you know what. Sometimes good movies come out and they take a little time to get going, and other times, you know, like I'm not going to name names, but every year. There's some. There's about three horror movies that come out, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, it's a fucking masterpiece, and it's fucking incredible." And you know what? You watch it five years later, and you're like, "I don't give a fuck."
3: Can <laughs> you, right? you just name and, one? just Name one. You gotta name one, man. I gotta know.
2: No, no, I'm not gonna go. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, but we but know. It, but it works both ways, and and so every year there's always so these movies that are good that kind of just don't land whether they weren't marketed or they weren't this or they weren't that. So I have heard that theory about ET and the thing, but I'm not fully, I don't know. I bet you that there's other factors. And sometimes it's just also, you know, weird luck. Like it just, it just didn't really work out for that moment. But that doesn't mean that, that people didn't like, I don't know. Like you probably, I bet you if you got all like, you know, modern day, you know, money ball, that shit. And you were like, well, when did they release it? And what, you know, and all those things and, yeah. I, I'm sure there'd probably be some better answers. Oh yeah. But I didn't I, definitely Because no, it's not like the eighties but it's not like the eighties stopped like uh, like I guess what I'm trying to say is that the thing is amazing, but so is E. T. Yeah. Because the eighties had both. Like like this Terminator also came out around the time of the thing and it's fucking mean, man. That movie's mean. It's, you know, so it's it not really like everybody is. it's not like it's Sarah Connor? Yes. Why? And he just fucking blew her face off. Like, it's <laughs> just, just, it's hardcore. Yeah. So it's, it's not like it's all, it wasn't all Goonies. Like, it, it, yeah. it's, I don't know. So I, I, I'm i not sure why the thing didn't. But I, I mean, I, it is weird that it didn't because it's yeah. such a masterpiece. It's I weird. Like, I blame the critics, though, because. Go ahead.
0: No, I, I, it was a summer release. I think it would have been better if it was like an October movie or something like that. Because, like, can you imagine? Did it
2: come out in the middle of summer? Yeah, it
0: came out
1: in the summer which is an odd time for a movie like that to come out. Yeah.
3: yeah, it's so. not really a summer vacation with the kids kind of movie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. That's uh, stay away. Uh, but you know,
2: let's, and, b- and back, back then were the summer releases like they are sort of uh, like, were they the family family fair kind of thing? And yeah. Then you'd want to release something darker in the fall.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but you know, talking about other directors aside, let's, let's talk about you, man. This interview is about you. You're on, you're, you're our exclusive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know our listeners are probably wondering, they may have not heard of your movie. I, we did tweet on our social media uh, accounts that we were watching it, and if they watched it tell us, and we got some feedback from that. Uh, but Patrick has a le- uh, question for you that I know he wants to ask. And he's got a mouthful of peach rings, so I'm going to ask for him. Um, so can you just tell, <laughs> <laughs> can you tell our listeners a little bit about your movie, Trench 11? Yeah. Um, you know, I should think anybody
2: could... You know, you learn right away that it's it basically World War One set horror thriller,
4: mm-hmm. and
2: um, it's set. I mentioned at the you know a while ago we on this on this uh, during this conversation. It's set at the very end of World War One, and it definitely you know uses that kind of men on a mission narrative. Um, uh, so a group of allies led by a drunk Canadian tunneler, <laughs> uh, they have to infiltrate a um, German base because at the end of the war. The, the, the no man's land opened up so they could actually they could move. There was no movement before that. Yeah. So it's kind of this, you know, weird moment. And um they infiltrate an underground German base and they go hundred feet down below, um, which is what uh did exist back then, historically. Um it is historically accurate, was what I mean to say. Oh wow. And uh they go in and then you and then you have a really uh, kind of a very you know, like a tight, claustrophobic, paranoid, um uh, there's a bioterror, there's an infectious yeah. disease, and uh, it's a combining a uh, bio-body horror kind of narrative with a uh, military narrative, so the, the two sort of coexist um, in they, this tight space for the rest of the movie.
1: They, they do definitely coexist very well, and yeah. if you're going to go into a trench 100, uh, 100 feet below ground and open a scary door, you're going to have a bad time. It's
3: just... You're guaranteed to
1: have a bad time. Yeah, it's right? not a good idea. Yeah, yeah I mean, like- it, it, if, <laughs> I, if
3: I may, there's three things I really, really, really appreciate about the movie that you did. And one, it's establishing characters that you can care about without wasting too much time explaining why you should care. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got the, the drunk French tunneler who I loved, and he had a purpose. He had a whole purpose, and y- there was no fat on explaining why you should care about him. Then you've got the uptight British... Commanders, and then you got the rage and cocaine fueled Americans. (laughs) (laughs) The perfect <laughs> Which representation. I mean, from, from an American to a Canadian let me say thank you yeah. for the representation you have given us just chewing cocaine and ready to blast something open I loved it <laughs> and then and then you got I mean the, the guy who played the prophet was an amazing actor I mean he crushed it yeah. I loved yeah, his character cool. so much I yeah, mean he's really cool I love that so much but I also you'll, you'll see him again he, yeah you'll, you'll see
2: him again like in cool. somebody no in somebody else's movie even, ah. if, I, even if it's not my next film I think he'll, Robert Sadlow is his name, and he'll, he's, he, he, he is going to break out
3: 100%. Yeah. He's,
2: he is awesome. I he's also, really cool I also yeah.
3: love how you use the one, you, you basically just use the forest and the tunnels as your setting. And it was so super effective and yeah. so well done. Kind of like a haunted house type situation. Um, it is yeah. totally a haunted yeah. house. Yeah, I exactly definitely picked up that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then um, the, yeah. the use of how big chemical warfare was in World War One. Yeah. I kind of, Guess that was what it was gonna be But it was so like well it's because I I already knew that and it's so Well it's so well like Put into the story that This could be something based on some sort Of like crazy German weirdo Friggin biological (laughs) Bullshit that's gonna fucking go down Like oh it's not mustard gas It's real fucked up Virus things and it's It was so great I loved it personally yeah, it was. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I... you know
2: what that that whole that whole element of it was was um, really just came out of trying to research the history. So, it, it, as much as the movie is obviously not you know a documentary, um, it, we 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 really did try. When I say we, I mean myself and my whole team, and um, especially my co writer Matt Boy is his name, and like he had made all these documentaries on World War I and He actually traveled for a documentary for a British documentary, he'd gone to the underground, the existing underground tunnels in Europe. And so we're always trying to say, like, could could this I mean I bring up the exorcist in my top five there because to me that whole the coolness of it was like it's such a crazy idea, but if you take it very seriously, maybe it makes it more scary. So that and that was the same sort of that was the that was the thinking, which was just any detail we could put in there, anything to make it more realistic, would hopefully, in my mind, make it more scary. And that was even the worms; like they were the yeah. the the, the, the um, not just the Germans, also the Allies, hundred percent. of The Allies as well as the Germans were experimenting with um, germ warfare.
1: Exactly,
4: they
2: experimented with anthrax,
1: yeah, and
4: cholera, and all, it, on,
1: so. all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> and
0: with you guys trying to be accurate too, is like, and you also did that with your practical effects as well, like using real practical effects and stuff like that, like not using a lot. Like, did you guys use any CGI at all or
2: no?
4: Uh,
2: very little. Okay. And, um, my intent know. was that you wouldn't notice it. I've heard some people say don't like certain things. and like, yeah, there's a very little amount. I mean, I didn't want to get too caught up with the notion of not using any versus you. I don't know. Like it's, a, it's a weird thing because, yeah, I prefer practical effects always, and I you you guys tell me. I got a question for you. Okay, whoa, why whoa, whoa. is it though? Okay, no, but why is it you think that there is this desire? Like, I'll give you an example. Like when I and I'm in the same camp as you guys. Like I I love the practical effects, and I always want to see more of them. But and like I remember seeing um, Jeremy Solney's vacant movie, uh, Blue Ruin, and that's what really kind oh. of one of the things that, that stood out for me was that stuff. But why do you think that is? Like, why? You guys are even younger than me. Like, why the fuck do we, like, why do we care? Because the truth is, I have two daughters, and I showed them Jurassic Park, and it kicks ass. And the CGI kicks ass. Moves and moves ahead not like, it's, time. its like on, It's like, No, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel that dated, oddly enough. It honestly doesn't. It doesn't. Like it, 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 it doesn't, but the CGI doesn't look that bad. Like you, you kind of. So why is it though that we all groove on these practical effects? What do you guys think it is?
0: I think, for uh, at least for the Jurassic Park's sake, it's a nice balance of both. So you're not the CGI doesn't look too shitty. Because you're right. You, you have something to compare it to where yeah. it has a practical. The, you it, are right. Yeah. So yeah, when it comes to stuff like that, but when a movie heavily relies on CGI and you could tell, it kind of ruins it and takes you out of the movie and takes you out of the experience.
1: Same
2: but thing with the actors. why? But why? I think...
1: Do you think why- it looks
2: more fake? I yeah.
1: I think <laughs> it depends because, like, you, you get movie... You know, Marvel has, you know, this giant bank account so they can spend all of the money they want yeah. to make their computer graphics look amazing. Uh, and you can hardly tell sometimes. I mean, you can tell, but it's like you don't care as much. Whereas, if you're watching...
0: You know, but in a horror sense, like, in the, for horror movies, we kind of want the practical effects, like... For me the movie Mama failed on that because of the CGI.
1: Yes, because the the CGI character sure, looks w- Which
2: which sorry, which one? Mama. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, it the, the 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 mother of it all, like she's just this giant CGI thing that's floating in the sky and it looked god awful. Um but I don't, I think pra- the reason we love practical effects is cuz they're so real it's tangible we like in the horror and especially in the horror genre that's where you're gonna get a lot of them we want to see people ripped apart and see that blood that was created versus you know when you watch movies like you know even though Krampus was a fun movie you know the CGI ginger the gingerbread man with the fake blood it you kind of like it's comical it's not really scary it's not like you know it's fake Uh, with some movies that use practical effects to me that is like sometimes you're like oh was that real or was it fake? Yeah,
3: some yeah, yeah. things too. Like, I feel like the modern generation with like the more like Pixar movies and also video games and stuff, and like just having more access to things that are like CGI as opposed to like back in the day, like your Star Wars and like your Jurassic Park and your Jaws, is they mm-hmm. use the more practical effects. And I'll, I feel like those will stand the test of time a little bit more than these movies. Uh, not so much that like that's all the studio had back then, but I also feel like now. Studios were just like, just put it out. I don't care what it looks like. Just get it out there. Yeah, it's and it's just they, making they, they, money. They don't care if if people are going to talk about that movie ten years down the road. They want to make the money now. Yeah. So they'll right, they'll CGI right. something. They'll CGI the shit out of something and not care. Something as simple as blood. Like I hate yeah. CGI blood splatter. I think that's, you know, especially
1: if it's is if it's super noticeable, because sometimes you can't tell if it's yeah. CGI. But sometimes
2: it's not like yeah. I, yeah, but sometimes it's not like I'm. I, I'm quite certain that, like in the Departed, there's yeah. some CGI blood. Oh, yeah, there is. Just, it doesn't look, you know, looks good though. Like you can't really tell. You know what I mean? Like exactly. I, but, it's an interesting thing. I, I look oddly enough. The reason why I ask you guys is like you're all clearly like, you know, you're smart guys. You really are dialed in. Well, and I'm asking you. it because I am not. I'm not fully on board with the answer, and I don't really know why. Like I agree with everything you're saying, except that sometimes when you do look at, and I I felt the same way. Like I when I was when I was prepping trench eleven, I was saying to my producers, "I'm like we cannot do CGI. We got to go old school. We got to do this." Yeah. But but I've seen a lot of practical effects that I love. Yeah. But I'm not even sure that they're more real. Like sometimes I watch them. I'm like, is that more real or is it just groovier? Like I don't know. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, some, yeah. like, like honestly, like there was that movie, The Boyd, which was a Canadian movie. Oh, the yeah, can that movie and is stuff, fucking like, amazing. Right, but like, it's not necessarily more real. It's yeah. not like it's not like you're looking at the practical effects and saying, oh, that that you know, it's I, there's something else, and I'm not exactly sure. Like, right. but I really. Uh, all I'm trying to say is I fully agree. I just I'm just curious. Like I just don't really know. I think if you're Which gonna I do find it really interesting.
3: I think if you're gonna do one or the other, you just gotta do it well. Yeah. I like, agree. Not every right. not everyone's right. gonna right. be as good as John Carpenter when it comes to doing practical effects just because the man just 1000% right. knows what he's doing. So I guess it depends on who's directing right. it, the vision and just the overall work ethic on are you going to it's like are you going to do a, a good mix of both to where you're not blowing all your budget on one or the other. Yeah. And then that way the budget you do spend on your CGI, you make sure it looks damn good cuz some people like I said it, No, it, I think it, you just Yeah. Yeah.
2: You you just hit the nail on the head because yeah. like if you if you compare it to like uh, Neil Blomkamp. Yes. Right? Yeah. Right. And he's right. So District Nine. Yeah. That CGI is fucking kick ass, and yes. that is not yeah. a, a very expensive movie. No. And it's because exactly what you just said. He knew how to do it. He knew he could deliver on it. He knew what he could do and what he couldn't do. And they. And you're right. That's. You just commit one way or another, but just do it fucking well. Are, you, not sad, do it are well. you sad? Are you sad? I think maybe that's what it is. And maybe that's what it is that most CGI just ends up getting done a bit sloppy because I don't know filmmakers don't really know how to do it. Maybe, maybe I don't know. You, I got, did. You, you did just.
0: I also believe it's because of a lot of people in the same kitchen too, because like a lot of studios get a lot of people to work on the CGI stuff, and it kind of loses its yeah, its look when there's right. when there's hundreds of people putting their touch P- on it, the touch on it. Yeah, or
5: or I honestly feel that like you know they. Uh, what 's it called like they had this vision, and they just ran out of money and just couldn 't finish like finish the final product that they were like looking for
1: i mean yeah i mean there's there's probably so right. many factors that play into it, and I think another big reason for the horror you know genre of movies is because we grew up, our movies were uh, growing up growing up, it was practical effects, yeah, you know the Twilight Zone was using practical effects, you know the universal monsters were using practical effects, you know the golden age of horror up to the Silver Age up to the modern and T- mid 20th century to early th- early 20th century with you know German expressionism you know we were we grew up with our movies yeah. being using these practical sets these practical effects so I think when it comes to the horror genre of movies, we just prefer them because that's what we've always had. And when we get this CGI... Maybe
2: you're right. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. We're, just, C- we're sci-fi, you're more accepting of the CGI. Exactly. Because it's, it's a newer phenomenon. Yeah, Exactly. Well,
3: it's yeah. like one of the, like the very first couple of horror movies I remember watching as a kid was Alien, Jaws, and Pumpkinhead. Yeah. And those are like it's a real <laughs> three Odd really three weird, weird movie. movies, right? <laughs> Alien, mega blockbuster. Jaws, what, mega what blockbuster. Pumpkinhead, Head also Head. a mega blockbuster <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> but, I mean, all, yeah. all big. What year, is, what year is Pumpkinhead?
1: Uh, oh, God. 90...
3: Hold on. Me... No, it ha- no, it couldn't have been 90s. It had to definitely be like 70, 70. late 70s or 80s because my mom showed me that movie. 88. 88. Yeah. Uh. And I was born in 89. Love honestly. it. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Love it. My, that was one of the first movies I saw, and that was a very big practical effect movie. Very big.
0: Yeah, I just think it comes from just us watching those movies and knowing that it it was done better way back in the day than
1: movies we, nowadays. We demanded.
3: I don't want to be that guy that's like, back in my day. Yeah, you but, know, but, but here comes, I am. Hold on to these
1: fucking <laughs> suspenders. Yeah. So, uh, back in my day. Yeah, damn. But cares. when it
0: comes to horror movies, it's kind of like <laughs> what, what we expect, and if especially if it's a gory movie, like, we want – Practical effects. We yeah. want the makeup because then we get. No,
2: you're right. You know yeah. what? You're right. You're right. That's that's. And I think part of that also. I, I really noticed. This, like, um, you know, I it, it's it's we're September right now, and yeah, last year was when we originally. I was in Germany in Berlin for the first uh, shelling a trench.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So I, I ran the circuit at a lot of uh, horror festivals, and I gotta say, like, that's the that's the other thing I really realized was just how knowledgeable and passionate and in some ways like romantic is like a weird word to use but but um respectful of their history of the lineage like horror yeah. as horror fans and horror film as a community is very knowledgeable about the lineage of the movies yes like you said going back to the fw Murnau and the and the and the nosferatu and all the stuff yes. right it's, like people know much more so than people who are fans of like you know, cool dramas. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. it's. It, and I think you're probably right. I think, I think you're right. I think that there is something to do with that, which is knowing, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's that you've, you, you've always, always seen it that way. And yeah. Suddenly yeah. to change it. You know? We don't, we don't like change, there's gotta be some good it. Horror movies. <laughs> no, but there's gotta be some good horror movies that have changed it. There has to be some. Oh yeah. I mean, there's I definitely under, some. I mean, I can't.
1: There's definitely some that have used, the cgi and
3: it's been phenomenal i I think movies that are bringing back old like old era style of movies like the black coat's daughter Mm -hmm. the witch um you know those kind of movies are like i think i think certain directors are starting to like even i can even throw trench 11 in there like are starting to try to bring back usher in the the cinema magic 80s era of times where it was like you had to make a movie Yep. You don't yeah. you don't just you don't do a movie, you make it. Like you do every yep. like it's all it's so much more in depth now. People are wanting to go back to the older ways. It's almost like with music and vinyl. Yeah. People want their music on vinyl, yeah, that's people true. want people because true. just something about it. And that's the same thing with practical effects. It's and just people want they want their movies to stand the test of time. Years and years down the road, especially for when they have kids as well, because it's like I have two n- uh, nephews. One's four, and one's two, and I'm counting the days so I can show them Alien. Yes. <laughs> and show them now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 dude, no, no, I can't. He saw, he saw a little bit of the new It, and he. Won't go near drains. <laughs> he won't do it. That's, so. that's a and smart boy. I, I think
0: that's mostly it. pretty violent. Yeah, I think. That's, yeah, I think that's mostly it's just like us as horror fans are just missing the movie magic. Yeah, definitely. Me, even as a movie fan, like I'm just missing like the, you know, the how we how we made this movie, stuff like that, and like yeah, you know, behind yeah. the scenes stuff.
1: But like speaking about the horror genre, um, typically when you think about horror movies, there's not really a lot of. War movies in the in the world, you know, you have Frankenstein's Army, yeah. you have you know Trench Eleven, you have God, what's another one? Overlord's coming out. You got Overlord coming out,
3: which Overlord
2: I, is the big one coming out. Which yeah. I, I
3: have a feeling I'm going to be watching Overlord. Going Trench Eleven did it better. I can just see it. I can just see it because I've actually read a couple. I read a couple of reviews on uh, about Overlord, and a lot of people are like, it's good, but then Yeah. Huh. So I'm like, I don't know what to expect, but I feel like you know, two different in different war eras, different different things. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's definitely a really neat premise to take.
1: But like speaking about that, like you know, with like war movies being such a small part of the horror community, it was really like watching Trench Eleven. I'm sure this was you know, same around the table. It was really rejuvenating to get like this story, and it's it was it, in its originality in itself, um, because it's different. Yeah. We don't get these types of horror movies, so. Um, I really enjoyed that, and I applaud you for giving us that story. But do you think like horror and war uh, go together well, like when it comes to movies?
2: I uh, I totally do. I mean, I appreciate the you know the kind words. I I mean, I honestly I I can only speak from my own personal take on things, but I I know some people out there in the world don't. Really know why you would make a horror movie of war because their argument is that war is already you know horrific enough, right?
4: yeah, whereas
2: i really don't I really don't get that I really really don't and and I would extend the references to i would consider personally um a movie like apocalypse now, I think is almost like a horror movie, yeah. so as much as it's not you know like there's no there's no overtly, uh, there's nothing to make it a horror, but if you look at it tonally, it's very much a war is hell approach. Like it is a surreal, hellish, dark place. It is not a place for generals and heroes to be, you know, um, defending their national bravado, and which is what historically war films have been. Yeah, It's much more that, it's much more of a a, a a kind of position that war is an absolutely absurdly horrific thing. Period. And, and so it, I, you know, I'm just using that as a personal example, a uh, personal influence. But I, yeah, like I don't know. I like I look at war, and I'm like that. It, it is. It is war. I don't know. Once you, you know, once you get past. I mean, look, every war is a bit different. I don't want yeah. to over oversimplify yeah, yeah. or over no, generalize. And I, and I mean. You know, just as a, as a, you know, like if you take like, you know, World War II, okay? Mm-hmm. If you're a Brit or if you're American or Canadian or French or whatever in World War II and the fucking Nazis are like, you know, in England's case, it's like, hey, we're going to invade you. It's like, fuck you. We're going to war with you. Yeah. And so you get it. You're like, well, that's a war movie. It's like, go fuck off. We're going to yeah. go fight your fucking ass. And yeah, fuck exactly. you. Um, but, but. but- most wars, including World War One, which is what Trench Eleven is, most other wars, I kinda of, I don't want to get all political here, but I kind of include Vietnam in a weird way into World War One. It's like most wars, were they really necessary? Did you really have to get to a place where you were like literally just everybody is, you know, killing everybody. The whole place is you've turned life you've turned earth into hell. And I so that's I, I'm surprised that there aren't more because I actually think, and you know what? I think there will be more. I think that part of the reason why there haven't been more is because there's maybe possibly been an idea that it's slightly disrespectful, I think, uh, maybe to worse. I'm not right. sure. I, I, I can see. I, you, I don't right? know. I, I I I don't know. I wonder that, right? But to me, it's not like creatively and artistically, it is a natural setting and extension of it because
0: yeah, exactly.
4: Horror is, is
2: always about, yeah, like what's worse, like what could be worse? And honestly, right. being, like, you know, in, in this specific case, like, you know, you have a you have a, an infectious disease that will kill you, and you're surrounded by people who, if they're with the infection, will kill you, and if they're not with the infection, they'll kill you. Yeah. I don't know, like it's just like that's it, yeah. that to me is hell. Like it's like. I, I don't know what's scarier, so but yeah, exactly. it, so I'm very pro. I'm very pro it, and I don't. I, I I think they're. I think it's a very interesting area to explore. There was a really amazing short film, a French short film that was licensed by Rod Serling. I think it played possibly as the final Twilight Zone for. Not ever. I want to say ever, but I don't know if that makes any sense. But it was definitely like. Way late in the Twilight Zone's broadcast run, I know it was a season finale of one season, and I believe possibly because they ran out of money. But this movie, um, I'm going to look it up before I flake out too much here on the on the, on the cast here. So I'll make sure I'll, t- I'll look it up and continue talking. But it was a uh, it was it's called um, an occurrence something like an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge or something like that. Um, but it it was uh, based on actually an American. Uh, short story and uh written and it's a civil war setting. Oh wow. And uh yeah, it's uh, it's called an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. And it's written by an American writer named Ambrose Bierce. And he wrote it in like, you know, I don't know what he wrote he wrote it in eighteen ninety. And it's an American a Civil War setting. And this Frenchman made it in the sixties. He 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 remade it um as a short film and it won a cam that year and Rod Sterling was so impressed that he, he he just paid for the short film to just be an episode of the Twilight Zone. And it was one of like That's the most crazy. important episodes of the Twilight Zone. And it's like a very long winded version of saying what's so fascinating about that story though is that it is basically civil war and it's basically horror because it's all about him being hung. And oh, wow. there's this kind of like twisted I don't want to reveal the twist there. So right. but it's very like it's you know, and so it's not a new thing. It's been around. You know what I mean? like, yeah, the, exactly. it's, horror, yeah. it's all, definitely it, in the video game it, world. It's, it's, exactly, and it's been around way before that. And yeah. So And the video game world, a hundred percent, it has, and and with good reason. Like I fully get it. Like I remember the first time I was aware of, um, uh, sorry, what's the world or two Wolfenstein Castle? Oh, Wolfenstein. Frank, what is that called?
1: Um, yeah. Wolfenstein's a fantastic game.
2: Pardon me? That's the game, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: Wolfenstein is the game. It it was on Xbox back in the day. And I mean, they have new ones now, but the original ones were crazy.
2: Wasn't Roger Avery supposed to make a version of that one day? I I remember hearing that years
1: ago. I think so. I I don't think it got greenlit. I think it got shot down. Um, but yeah, someone was trying to... Do something with the Wolfenstein storyline. I, I,
3: th- I think when if someone was to ask, bring up the question like, could you do horror like a war movie in horror, or like could you make like that? I think that you have to ask the question: Is the war going to be your story, or is it going to be your setting? Because I think that yeah, w- war and yeah. horror can exist in those two ways. For example, Trench Eleven: War is your setting. Yeah, the war the war is your setting, but Correct. the story is biological worms story. that control the yeah, frontal yeah. lobe and make people go insane. Yeah. But then you got your it's movie... And Cronenberg yeah. the thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got, yeah. But then you got his warrior story. And I, if I, I, I could think of the most horrifying war movie I think I've ever seen was Johnny Got His Gun from 1971, which is basically the inspiration for Metallica's One, which is basically a guy who was hit by an artillery shell and he lost his legs, his arms, his, and his eyes. So he was basically a prisoner in his own body, and he figured out how to communicate via Morse code. But once he figured out that he wasn't going to ever be what he was, he basically was left in a room to just say, help me, SOS, and Morse code for the rest of his life. And that is scary as fuck terrifying. So I think if someone's going to ask – Is that what
2: Metallica – Yeah. If
3: you watch the music video, the end of the video is him going, SOS, SOS, help me. Like, with wow. no arms, no legs, wow. and no eyes. So I think you got to ask yourself, yes, you can do a horror movie based in war, but is, it going to, is the war going to be your story, or is it going to be your setting?
1: Yeah.
2: That's a really good point, Dylan. That's a really good, that's a really good point, and that's also a really good example. Like, to me, Metallica is a perfect, like, they, they have actually, and I think Iron Maiden and other metal bands have already referenced that war horror kind of feeling. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I think part of it part of it is that it's a po- that's a post Vietnam take on war where it's not all propaganda and it's not all, you know, like bravado and nationalism. <clears throat> it's like well hold like hold up. Like it's fucking horrible what's happening, you
4: know?
2: Yeah. So I I, I I think that's part of it. I, um but I think it's only a matter of time. People, more people will do it. I mean, look, there was a time when prior to 2001, uh, A Space Odyssey, the Stanley Kubrick movie, that sci-fi was a, considered a lesser genre. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't considered, right? And I mean, that's not the case you know, anymore, It's only case. a matter of time. Well, obviously not, right? Yeah. So then that movie comes out, and then everyone at first shits on it, of course, and then they're like, well, wait a second, maybe it's good. Could it be art? Oh, actually, it is art. And now sci-fi, obviously, is like a very... You know like it is what it is and 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 even you know, I think even a movie like the, like like alien or the thing, it's still the idea that anybody really wanted to fully embrace these movies they're monster movies, right, yeah, and monster movies were supposed to be, they were supposed to be for b movies, they're supposed to be for teens and you know for making out and whatever, like they're not supposed <laughs> to be high art yeah uh so I, I I do think to some degree I'm not trying to say this certainly not about my own film, love them, but I, but there is, and I I have heard this a lot, um, doing the circuit now, and I, there is a weird thing with the war horror thing where like people, there's a lot of people that think it shouldn't be done, mm. and I very much disagree. I think it's an artistic I, I, expression. No, there's so much story, and I think told. it's very. There is. I think it's very intuitive. I think that 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 comment was very accurate, which is you do have to know whether it's your setting or your narrative. I think that's yeah. really true, but I I do think that there'll be more. I do. And then, and then a Kubrick or somebody, you know, some new, you know, kid out there will make a, a film that, that then suddenly everyone will say, Oh yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's a great job. You know, like that's, <laughs>
1: it's going to, you know. it will happen one day. I mean, trench 11 is definitely putting its foot out there. And I mean, we've been, I've been telling everyone I know to watch it. Um, I have a lot of friends. Actually, we have two friends up in Canada uh, uh, that run a podcast and I've been talking to them like, you guys need to watch this movie. It's freaking fantastic. Uh, and they watched I think one of them watched it the other day and they were just like, dude, wow. <laughs> like this was crazy. Wicked. I love it. Where
2: are they? Where are they? Uh, where are they,
1: they are in Toronto.
2: Nice one. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. where, I think that's where Lou. Yeah. Lou. I know Patchett lives in, in Toronto. I don't know if Lou lives in Toronto or if he lives outside Toronto. I can't remember where they live. But. Answer our questions, Pat. Same thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> uh, Canada. Yeah. But then I mean, I guess the, like, we're all Leaf fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You mentioned Cronenberg, and we know that you've actually got to work underneath Cronenberg. How was that like? Can you kind of like, like go into the, like working under? I mean, someone has Cronenberg—that's crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I—I I mean, honestly, when I look back on it, it's just a piece of good fortune because I was. I was a young guy at a school and I was PA and Toronto um, is a pretty big production center for both Canadian but mostly for American um, projects up here because of the dollar and the you know, the budgets and all that stuff. Yeah. So uh, I was I was fortunate enough at the time that I was I was trying to um, you know, really just trying to get going and work and just have a job. And I was what's called a training AD here. I think in the States, that, um, you're basically a PA in the States, and then you can become like a second second, I think. So it's just a trainee, a BGA trainee. But I was the equivalent of that here.
1: Okay. And
2: uh, I, I happened to be fortunate to get in with a, a group of an a assistant directing team uh, led by a guy named Walter Gasparovic, who, you know, I worked on a couple of really shitty uh, MOWs with him. And uh we got along. You know, we worked really well together. And then he 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 was doing those shitty the Ws in between doing really good movies. And I, in my case, I was just new.
4: Yeah. And
2: and then he and then he, land, he landed David's uh, movie Existence. Um, and uh, you know, I got a call saying, "Do you want to come and work on it?" And I, of course, I did. So yeah, I, I, you know, I tried to make the most. Yeah, and I just try to make the most of it because I was, I was, I'm was—I i a huge David Cronenberg fan for two reasons. One is I just think that as a horror fan, um, you know, everything from Scanners and Rabbit and The Fly. I mean, you know, some of his modern later stuff, is, his, his crime stuff has been, like, incredible. But really, like, when you look, those early, those late 70s, that late 70s, early 80s period for horror with Cronenberg, the yeah. guy was on fire. Yeah, he, yeah. he, he and, could do um, no wrong. No, he was on fire. So I was totally, you know, juiced into that. So I was, but also double, doubled up on that. The fact that I was a Canadian, just as a Canadian, I think you're just, you know, he's, he's, you know, it's a smaller country, and we have fewer um, role models and fewer idols. And yeah. I think that you know he, it's hard to kind of express that, but like he's, he's, he's so much bigger here, uh, respect, you know, in perspective to what. Um, like there's not that many role models. So to yeah. him he's just larger than life. So so I accepted I, I you know, I, I, I made it work and I, I learned everything I could from him and I, I, I became friends with him and um he's a very honest person. He's a very kind, um very kind, uh generous guy, but he's also very honest, which I think is really good. Yeah. And, you know, like I showed him my first early work back then and you know, he was very very quick to tell me what it's not good about it. <laughs> I mean, that <laughs> was—that's the, the time, best kind of criticism. It's painful, honestly. but yeah, exactly. It was like at the time, I'm like that fucking guy. What the fuck, you know? And then, <laughs> like, within a couple hours, you're like, oh shit, you know? And 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 I certainly when I look back now, I'm like, well, of course, that's what that's what you that's what you want, you yeah. know? If you really want to help somebody, you just you know you gotta try and be positive and be honest. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So and he's very much like that. So I. I, the biggest thing for me was more just that, and I've stayed in touch with him, and he's he's remained a mentor. and He he actually offered up some really productive notes on an earlier draft of Trench Eleven. Oh, oh,
4: awesome!
2: And he had some really positive he had some really positive um, uh, just uh, conversations with me in terms of like just stuff to think about, and as a director, and how to you know how to approach the material and all that kind of stuff. But when I look back, I think the most important thing was just. Um, humanizing the guy and just seeing you know he's just a dude and yeah, he's doing his thing and exactly you know and like all that kind of stuff like you just yeah i think that's that's important because i think it's easy to just i think i remember i remember um Roberto Benini is that who did um the Shit, life, life, life is beautiful. Is that it? The Holocaust Clown movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, He's an Italian Italian filmmaker. He's kind of not big right now, right? But he was like, okay. I mean, he was huge. I uh, but I remember he, he, I think it was him that he said he was, he was, he. The first time he came to Toronto was like I think on the press junket for Life is Beautiful, probably for Tim, and he'd never been to Toronto, and I think it was him who said that like he, go, he you know, he was at Pearson Airport. And he was terrified of what the city was going to be for him. And it was because he was a huge carnival fan. And all he knew about Toronto was what David had created. You know what I mean? And David had created this insanely fucked up, crazy, scary world. So and I kind of always remembered that because I remember when I heard that and I was like, I could see that's how I felt about David until I got to work with him, you know. And so just seeing him to his thing it helped it helped us you know
1: all those things help it yeah helps. it's that's so cool I mean they work underneath someone as Cronenberg um that's that's pretty fucking awesome I mean that's a great mentor to have his movies are awesome um, I watch them quite often I'm a big Cronenberg fan um but that like I said that's just that's just an awesome lucky experience to really get that call and, yeah and just get to work underneath someone um but I mean, man, that's kind of we kind of went through all our questions. Yeah, this has been a fun time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, like I said, man, I'm glad we did. I'm glad I I I have to tell you guys honestly though. I I I have listened to other podcasts. I love what you guys do, but I I was glad that I was able to throw it at you because I I kind of collectively between all of you, I think I have a better handle on the Practical Effects conversation. Yeah, just listening to. You know, yeah, it's an ongoing thing, and I find it quite fascinating to be honest. And and I really actually think that you guys offer some really like you're bang on (laughs) on a lot of what you're saying. Uh, We
1: appreciate that, man, so much. We uh we do me and Patrick we do a panel at a like a horror convention, and we actually talk about horror movies from back then to now. And we practical effects is a really big topic um, because we have a really diverse audience from like older to new. And we we research a lot of this stuff and read about like how practical effects. Yeah. So we try to we try to read as much as we can. So we're quite knowledgeable on things. But man, we appreciate it. We're stoked that you like you enjoy our show. We, it, that's weird. <laughs> I fucking dig it,
2: man. You guys,
3: you guys, don't don't stop what you're doing. So you got like no Giants fans or Jets or what? Are you?
2: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, god. Oh, oh, oh 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 god! Oh. Oh.
3: <laughs> oh, no. no sports no. ball no here's the thing um i'm in a podcast full of nerds except for george <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's half and half two of us are really big yeah sports i try, to talk, about, I try to talk about i try to talk about football on this podcast and they won't let me but no i'm a jacksonville jaguars fan and i'm a bears fan <laughs> oh the
4: bears
5: hey hey the bears. Wait, we're, just, are, are you, we're doing good this year better than we've
3: done in like five, do you, six do you years, like so. football are you a football fan by chance? What, what's that? Are you a football fan by chance? No, no. I,
2: I, I, I wish I was. I'm a, I'm a frustrated Canadian. I wish we had our own team. Uh, if well, we did, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rabid uh, hockey, like Oh, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And, yeah so um, the uh, Tampa you know, actually uh, has a really good hockey team. But I am team. an NFL. Do you know what movie really fucked me up though? I have to say, just as a sports fan, and made me question why Uh-oh. was. Uh, Shit, what's his name? The guy who wrote for The Onion and he co wrote uh he did a Darren Aronofsky movie. There's that giant that stand uh, with uh, Patton Oswald and he's like a giant. Oh, fan. that movie's it's crazy. So
3: that movie is crazy. It's fucking crazy. It's insane. What's it called? Yeah. Fan? Big fan. It's, it's, I think this is called Big like, fan. Or like 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 well, what is it called? Uh, Mike, he's gonna look it up on the Coach Carter. No, it's not Coach it's, <laughs> it's so honestly it's so fucked up because and you don't a big fan yeah it's called big fan know. and like you big w- fan yeah, yeah. It, so i mean there could it's be it's terrifying s- because i've seen myself
2: be there and i'm like oh man this is, that movie is like the darkest like it's as dark as the uh, channing Shannon and wrestling fucking oh
3: oh uh, yeah, fox, yeah. fox fox, fox catcher Oh yeah, Boxcatcher. Boxcatcher was nuts. Don't bring up wrestling. We'll be here for two hours. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> oh, yeah, we will. <laughs> listen, man, I'm an American. Goddamn it, wrestling and football, buddy. You you're about, you're about to open up the box. No, listen, listen. If you want to watch football, I'll give you a Reddit link, and you can and it's one channel, and you can watch all the football you want. I got your back. Trust me. We will That's make we a do f- things here. I, will, I will send you a Jaguars jersey. Uh, we will hook you up.
1: <laughs> we'll make you a, a,
2: a
3: true football fan. You'll be in a fantasy football league by the time you know it, buddy.
2: <laughs> yes. well, I'm glad I asked. Yes.
3: No, you're not. You, you <laughs> won't <laughs> be. You wait. Thank you so much.
1: No, thank you so much, Leo. Uh, thank you. Thank you for taking the time, and yeah. we look forward and to seeing any future pro- products that you may be working on
2: oh, let's get, let's pack, let's, I'll get another one going and I'll get Ooh, back yeah. on there and we can talk about something else. And I'm, and I'm very thankful that I ended up on the Carpenter Month. I think that that's, yes. you know. Yes. Big up, big up the man. He is the king. He, he
1: the he, king. He, he's got some movies. That's <laughs> for sure, yeah. he <laughs> got the good, the bad, <laughs> yeah. the ugly. He's yeah, got some good. movies. Under him. Just,
5: um,
0: just help me meet yeah. Willem Dafoe.
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, you you let us meet Willem DeFa, fall. get you a football jersey. That's a fair trade. Fucking
5: <laughs>
1: man. Well we'll keep in
3: touch on that peep Deal. and Tom remake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, peep and Tom remake, please. Yes.
1: <laughs> All right, Leo. Well thank you Deal. again for joining our show and have a All good right. night, man.
2: All right. Thanks, dude. Take care, man. Be well. Bye. Bye.